0: All right. Welcome, everybody. Those who are, you guys are here and those who will be watching online, appreciate you for uh, making time for this to be important because it is. It's very important.
1: It is. Freedom series number two. And we're talking about a tough subject tonight, but it is one that needs to be talked about. And it is about abuse and purity. And, yes, does God have something to say in his word about it? Yes, he does. Come on. Wake up. Wake up. Get yourself coffee if you need it, because I want you awake and alert and receiving. Are you ready to receive? Let's pray. Let's pray for Let's everybody. Do
0: Why don't everybody stand? Let's pray. Move a little bit. Just sit down. Why are you making me stand up? <laughs> <laughs> Heavenly Father, we just come into your presence, Lord, with thanksgiving that you are our Lord, you are our Savior, and you are our healer anywhere we hurt and so father as we just approach this subject that's very sensitive we ask you as our healer our comforter our counselor to minister to us and lord that we will receive freedom in jesus name thank you for every person that is here and those watching that they will receive uh healing medicine from your word in jesus name everybody said amen Amen. Amen. y'all may be seated slap somebody gently Since we're talking about abuse, you know, you don't want to overdo it a little too much. So, this is uh, a topic that is kind of near and dear to our hearts, and uh, we are forever grateful for our Lord and Savior who has delivered us and set us free from the subject of abuse and delivered us from from a lot of things, like many of you. And uh, so... And most of us, even if we haven't been abused, we live in a world where abuse is not far away in our relationships.
1: And we're going to talk about the different kinds of abuse. And as we go through them, you might find yourself in one of them. Um, You know, as we were going through these, um, I found myself in two of them, that I have experienced two of them, and my husband has experienced three of them. And, uh, But I want to... Open with John chapter 8 and verse 36. This is like a theme verse for the whole thing. So if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Or truly free with the NLT. But you're truly free or you're free indeed. So we are so thankful that there is freedom from some things that have been done to us or we have possibly even done to another. There is freedom and forgiveness tonight as we unwrap this very sensitive topic.
0: So let's go into the four types of abuse. Uh, Number one is physical abuse, and we'll just define it. It's abuse involving contact intended to cause feelings of intimidation, injury, or other physical suffering or bodily harm. It can mean being shaken, slapped, being hit, Or struck violently so
1: not a fun thing right moving right along (laughs) verbal abuse is the second kind of abuse that can happen and this is this is an ongoing emotional environment that the abuser organizes for the purpose of control and uh, this can be someone Putting you down. This can be name calling. This can be harsh words, hateful words like, I wish you were never born. Um, this can be a constant criticism coming at you, and that is defined as verbal abuse.
0: Uh, the third one is emotional abuse, and this is an unhealthy relationship where a person purposely undermines our confidence, our worth, and our emotional stability. And it's used oftentimes in the tone of voice, uh, disgusted looks, the cold shoulder, and to let us know we've done something yet stupid again. Uh, it also involves uh, emotional abuse. And ab- involve. Abandonment when someone leaves you that you uh, really had confidence that they would be there for us, like parents, uh, divorce, spouse, broken trust in friendships.
1: Okay, and then the last abuse is sexual abuse. And this is, you know, the forcing of undesired sexual behavior by one person upon another. And this can happen, I know this is a sensitive topic, but this can happen to children, youth, or adults. And has happened to children, youth, and adults. You know, it's, um, we don't have children in here, we have youth and above. But I looked at my husband and I said, you know... Unfortunately, there are children that we may not have them in here because it is such a sensitive topic, but there are many children who know the agony of what we're talking about, unfortunately.
0: Or maybe you've been here and one day you were a child and, you know, experienced some things that uh, violated you sexually. And so there's healing and thank God for that. And so, you know, molestation, rape, sexual violence, different kinds of perversions for sure that are out there. And abuse can cause us to question our value and our worth as an individual and often leads us to seek approval and validation through other means as we go through life. And uh, because our perception gets distorted due to abuse, You know, we don't see ourselves the way God sees us, and it opens the door for the enemy to bombard us with lies and uh, that we'll never measure up. Or if I had been a different person, uh, this wouldn't have happened to me.
1: You know, and with abuse, many will look for ways to mask the pain because abuse, there's pain involved. There's, There's pain in your heart. There's pain in your mind. And many will find whatever they can find to mask the pain, whether that's drugs, alcohol, you know, another relationship they're looking for, sex, shopping or spending more money or overeating or overachieving. I mean, the list is endless of what people will
0: do to mask the pain of abuse. And these behaviors often just don't help, but they can kind of create a depression in an individual and sink deeper into that and away from the healing that God wants to bring into an individual's life. And, you know, one thing that often is seen is people begin to blame others for their choices and develop a a victim mentality, and it's hard for them to give and receive genuine love to other people.
1: Mm -hmm. But good news is God wants to heal he really wants to heal all every aspect of abuse, and I, I I will say this: the healing for this is a process. What we are talking about, and we're going to dive into the Word of God and what the Word of God has to say to help us through some of these tough things that might have happened to you or or happened to one of your loved ones. And uh, yeah, I mean we we we've had a lot in our, in our own families and, um, had to deal with, you know, he, the healing process. And this is not a quick fix, but at the same time, I believe that the word of God, there are certain things he's that the word of God is very clear on that can help start the process. And then we want to talk a little bit about how to keep going in the process. And, uh, God really wants us to move forward and not get stuck.
0: And this goes a lot with what is Romans chapter 12, too, of renewing our mind. And renewing the mind isn't just a one-time thing. It's a constant. Uh, Because we live in this world, there's a bombardment, the Bible tells us that the accuser, the brethren, is, which is Satan, is daily accusing and putting down. So this is something that we continually have to renew our mind in, and faith to overcome comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So,
1: You know, it was years ago when we were pastoring, the statistics on this was one in every four people. Unfortunately, it is one in every two people now. So what we're talking about is not something that we can just shove. Guess what? It's usually shoved under a carpet. Am I right? Nobody wants to talk about it. But one in every two, two people is a very high statistic. It needs to be talked about. And it needs to be talked about from God's perspective of how we can overcome these things and get healing and be able to move forward. So number one thing. And I bet you all know what the number one thing is when you are dealing with all of the, the thoughts of, and the rehearsings that come to your mind from abuse. And the number one thing from the Word of God, I bet you could guess it. Nobody wants to say. <laughs> Forgiveness. I heard it. Forgiveness is huge in this. Because if we can't forgive, we are actually held hostage. We have to get to the place where we forgive. Um, I said we weren't, but we got to. Um, My husband and I were 15 years old when my husband began to divulge to me some very horrific um, sexual abuse. That had been done to him. And I was the first person he ever told. And there was such a release when he was able to tell somebody what had happened. And because you know what the enemy wants to do? He wants to keep it a big dark secret because then he's got you in this bondage and you're mad. And I was dealing with, I was looking at a at a teenage boy who, he was mad at this individual, angry. And we had to get through the process of forgiving somebody, forgiving an adult. Yeah, an adult who had taken a child that they should never have done. But through that process of forgiveness, what began to happen to you, actually physically? You told me weights felt like they were just coming off of you.
0: You know, and and you know, as you just go down that journey, um, you realize Satan just wants to keep you in bondage and isolation, and in the privacy of propping up the lies and the abuse and. No one's allowed into that. And so there's a lot of effort trying to keep that together and trying to keep my persona together. And so there's a lot of effort. And so finally, in my experience, when I finally forgave, you're right. I, I literally physically, it probably wasn't, but it felt so heavy on me that it, stuff just fell off me spiritually that I physically felt a lightness uh, uh, from the weight and bondage that I was under. So uh, is unforgiveness, I mean, is forgiveness uh, an easy thing to do? Yes and no. Um, it's easy to say I forgive you. It's another thing to live it out and mean it. And so it's it can be a process, and and there can be a, my experience going back and forth. Yeah, I forgive one day and the next day. Uh, I want to do harm to them, you know. So it's like, and you get the place where the Lord, the more of the Lord you get in you, the more of the forgiveness process stays and works and does a a cleansing work. Um, And so, but unforgiveness will definitely hold you hostage and the only person that it does harm to is yourself. So true. And here's a quote. Unforgiveness is, unforgiveness Everyone say unforgiveness.
1: Unforgiveness.
0: Is like lighting yourself on fire and hoping the other person di- will die of smoke inhalation. <laughs> so it doesn't work so good.
1: It doesn't work out that way. <clears throat> you know, a sad fact is that holding on to unforgiveness not only keeps us from our healing, but will often lead us to hurt the people that we actually do love. You know, you've heard it before, hurting people hurt people. So when you're carrying this unforgiveness, you end up, you're not intending to hurt the people you love, but you haven't taken care of some things on the inside. And when you don't take care of things on the inside, you're hurting. So you just automatically hurt even the ones you
0: really love. And so offering forgiveness does not mean what happened to us was right or that we deserved it. Oh, you got to say that again. Unforgiveness does not mean what happened to us was right or that we or you deserved it. That's right.
1: And forgiveness is not saying that what the person did is okay. It's it's not justifying that what they did was right. Forgiveness is a totally different matter. And it's not a feeling. Forgiveness is a choice. You may not feel like forgiving them, but you can choose to forgive them.
0: It's a choice. Sterling mentioned out of the four, three of them is part of my story. Um, Not the same incident, but another incident. Um, uh, Forgiveness was a daily choice. And I felt so frustrated that the feelings of anger... Were daily towards an individual, and I was a Christian by this time, and serving the Lord, and and uh, actually pursuing uh, ministry. But things had happened in an abusive way, and and so just a daily thing of just God, I forgive them. Now
1: we're not talking, we're not talking sexual abuse. No. We're talking emotional. verbal and emotional abuse.
0: And so, um, and so. Uh, One of the guys, gentlemen that was in my life that was kind of a mentor to me, I was just telling him, it's like, man, when is this going to stop? And so he likened it to, you know, suffering a bad physical injury that you don't heal 24 hours when you when your leg, your femur is broken and, and your leg is your muscles and tissues are torn apart. That doesn't heal in 24 hours. It's going to take a while, and you're going to feel that pain for days. And, you know, that helped me get my head around the process of being free from that. But in my case, uh, that specific situation, um, I hate to say it, but it was a four-year journey. But it didn't become an everyday thing. You know, at the beginning, it was like... Let's
1: talk about that four years. So you made the choice to forgive. But when you say four years, I think what you're meaning is you would still wake up in the night hearing that person yell and scream at you, am I correct? There were still night nightmares that were involved. There were still during the day there would be triggers. Anybody know what a trigger is? When you hear or you see something and all of a sudden it triggers that abuse that you endured and all of a sudden, it's just wanting to rewind in your brain. And you all of a sudden, it's like a movie goes, brrr, and you're like, whoa, I don't want to think about that. Are you following
0: me? Common everyday phrases that nobody else would think were a, a trigger, but to me, they were because of the way it was spoken to me. But um, so, it, it, you know, in about that four year period, I'll never forget, I'll never forget. One day, I just like it dawned on me that I had to force myself to think about the situation because it wasn't an automatic because I was just like oh, i haven't thought about that incident incident all week all week i've i'm free, I am free and that was a big deal to me, and so um Matthew chapter six verse fourteen. If we, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you.
1: So, we're learning that forgiveness is a lifestyle. Now, I want to hit just a little bit on those who've gone through divorce, and that is also, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's one and two statistic too. So the same thing about um, those triggers is when you're in the middle of it, you really you're, you're choosing to forgive, but you've still got to face a lot of life. You've got to still face. Oh, we've got to deal with this, and we got to deal with that. And it's so fresh that the pain is so present. I think. Many people get confused of feeling like, okay, well, I'm, you know, God has healed me. Why am I not better? And they're expecting to be better in just a month. When you're talking about, you know, you've dealt with possibly abuse in, in a divorce situation, it's not that you maybe haven't forgiven because maybe you've made that choice, but it might be so fresh in your brain that you're still just dealing like what Pastor Greg said with the pain of it and you've got to you got to continually renew your mind and be able to say I forgive I forgive I'm, and ask God to help you and he will heal you as time goes on there is a healing process so it's not about and some of you I I'm looking out at some of you and I know you are you've gone through some divorces but you are healthy and completely free and whole but that didn't happen overnight that was a process and so, when we're talking about some of these hard things, you've got to realize that some of the healing, its I believe tonight is a start for some of you, and some of you even watching and listening to me right now, tonight, there's going to be something broken. Tonight is the start of releasing some things, and releasing some individuals. And so, Luke, are we going to Luke?
0: Yeah, and I just, you know, forgiveness is releasing them to God. It's like... Um, you know, one of the scriptures that was powerful to me that I wrestled with, but um, the Bible says, "Vengeance is mine," saith the Lord. So, in other words, the Lord's like, I don't want you to get vengeance. I don't want you to get even or get ahead. Let me own that vengeance that is in your heart. I will take care of them. And how many know the Lord can do a better job of it than than I can? And so that was a a big deal to me and so giving that to the lord is is a powerful thing and just turning them over to god i can't change their heart or their mind or their behaviors or their words or their actions so i just give them to god luke chapter 17 verse 4 says even if that person wrongs you seven times a day and each time turns again and asks for forgiveness what must we do This is the one place where the disciples said to Jesus, not when they saw him multiply fish and bread, not when he raised people from the dead, but when Jesus said this, the disciples said, dude, increase our faith. (laughs) So this is an amazing (laughs) statement because of the pain we feel is so real. We really need God to help us in those moments. And it is supernatural. Forgiveness, I really believe, the forgiveness that releases us, not I'm sorry, but true forgiveness is a supernatural work in our life. And we become more like Jesus in that moment. When Jesus was on the cross, he was looking at the people who beat him and whipped him, mocked him, put crown of thorns on his head, ripped open his flesh, so much so that the Bible says Jesus was not even recognized as a human. That's how beat and tore up he was. He looked down at them and said to his father, forgive them, for they know know not not what what they they do.
1: Do. I don't know if you've ever asked that prayer. I really, I can't say that up until uh, just recently have I been at a place where I said, Lord, increase my faith. And I was referring to this scripture. I felt like the disciple. I was like, Lord, I know, th- I know this is what you said, and I got a choice. I got to forgive. You got to increase my faith. I literally said that. And I haven't, I mean, along the journey, I just never have felt the need to, I'm just like, yes, I forgive. I care. Well, this was one time, I don't know if you've ever gotten to that place where you're like, I'm going to need faith for this. Do you know what I'm saying? There comes times in life when you're like, "Woo wee I'm going to need a whole bucket load of faith for this.
0: What people can do to us can cut us to the core.
1: So how do we move forward after? Wow, that just scared us all. <laughs> I even jumped.
0: She's dead. For those of you watching, we just had a sound explosion. <laughs> so... uh some people might have to go to the restroom right now. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> <laughs> Too late.
1: Oh, that's funny. Okay, so let's say you've made the choice to forgive, okay? I believe the, I believe individuals who are come on a Wednesday night to learn about this are the kind of people who are like, yes, increase my faith. I choose to forgive. I believe that's who's here, and I... I'm hoping that you that are watching or listening, that's you. You're like, yes, I want to forgive. Let's say you made the choice to forgive. Is everything just hunky-dory after that? No. There are some crucial things that we got to know even after we've forgiven. We no longer need to identify ourselves with what happened to us But we need to understand a few things, and one of them is that our identity is in the one who lives in us. I'm going to say that again. No longer are you to identify yourself with what happened to you. You identify yourself with who lives in you.
0: So good. Oh, that's a key ingredient there. If you ever want to do a life-changing study is find all the in Christ scriptures and just read them to yourself because they're, they're powerful and, and honestly they're life changing because your identity is now in Christ not the victim uh, or, the, or the perpetrator whichever it may be and in Christ our identity is in Christ's love yeah. I mean the cross is a reminder of how much God loves us
1: and we're, we're going to be going into purity, and his love is pure love. Right. Pure love. Psalms 147, verse 3. Great scripture. <laughs> he heals the brokenhearted, and he bandages their wounds. So if you're in the middle of that raw hurt, because when you are first in the middle of it, it's pretty raw. And then as you continue, maybe you're not in the raw stage, but maybe you're in the stage where you're like, well, it still comes up. And I still feel those feelings. And so he heals the brokenhearted, and he puts bandages on the wound. And we're talking about wounds of the heart.
0: So don't identify yourself. And then the other thing is quit trying to keep it in the, dark a big dark secret in your life. That's um, the
1: enemy that will try to do that to you. If he can keep it like this little secret. He keeps you in that turmoil. Luke uh 8:17 For all that is secret will eventually be brought into the open. And everything that is concealed will
0: be brought to light and made known to all. One of the in my story, one of the things was um you know, what if people find out what happened to you? Then what? You know, it's just, that's kind of how the devil does those things, trying to intimidate you, and uh, so that was one of the things I just like, I'm just not gonna, I'm not gonna negotiate with terrorists, so so it's just like, fine. I'm just going to tell people my story. And then what do you think about that? And people are going to receive healing and deliverance. And if what God did for me, he can do for somebody else. So what do you think about that? And so getting that out of just the secretness of my heart and my life was a big deal. And so, but the devil wants you to spend so much energy trying to keep that a secret. Now, there's a caveat to that you can't tell everybody your secret. There was an individual in my life that I thought I trusted, but as I begin to unveil a little bit more of my life, you know you got to build trust mm-hmm. and so this individual I was, you know, okay, I'll let you into this little part of my life. you know you know ten percent of me and I'll let it move to eleven <laughs> percent and so uh, then they took that. Extra percent that I sh- shared that was a little bit private, and then they started using it against me, and I or, was just like, or, yeah. "You ain't or blabbing
1: it in a bad way." Yeah. So
0: you got to, the Bible says, "Don't cast your pearls before a swine," because they don't they don't know the difference between what's precious to you and what isn't. Yeah. So you got to be careful, and sometimes that requires professional help in you our know, lives. And,
1: and here's something to help all of you um, to mm-hmm. remember is your story is your story to share. Don't share somebody else's story. That's not your story to share. You can share your story, but then when you choose to take somebody else's story and and start, you know, saying, well, this happened to them, and that wasn't your story to share. And all of a sudden, it can be taken all kinds of ways. You hearing me? Um, Yes, you know, many times... um, Abuse requires you to to be able to talk to a professional Christian counselor. Now, we are pastors. We are not professional counselors. You can go to my daughter in Phoenix if you want a professional counselor. <laughs> but yeah, you can go right here. We have professional counselors in our, in our church. But uh, sometimes being able to talk through some things really can help and get some tools to be able to move on, or move, I'm not even going to use that word, move forward is what I want to say.
0: And sometimes, depending on where you're at in the situation, uh, you might need to call the authorities. And don't be afraid to do that. Get help, get free from abuse. I'm telling you, you got to get yeah. free. The thing is, uh, distance yourselves from them. Maybe they're not immediately in your life all the time, but Sometimes uh, the abuser wants to control you and uh, so well oftentimes. And so especially
1: um, I'm going to go here, the verbal and the emotional, if you can put as much distance as you can from them being able to, to continue to be at you. And uh, I'm going to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. Therefore come out from among unbelievers. And separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. God is giving you a tip here to say, because I'm assuming that the abuser is not really serving God wholeheartedly. Now, if they are, the Bible does say fruits, you know, fruit you will know them by their fruits. And if they are continually verbally and emotionally abusing you, then their fruit, needs, their fruit basket is lacking. The fruit of the spirit is not showing in them. And therefore, you know, that's between them and God if they're a believer or not. But I would say this scripture applies that if the fruit basket is kind of stinky, then maybe you should distance yourself. Maybe you should remove yourself. I want to talk just a little bit about when you still have to see them because they might, you might be related to them. Okay? That's a big topic right there. And I really prayed about this one as we were, I said, honey, this has got to be addressed because there are so many people that are in this situation. They're related to them. And I've, I've got some things jotted down here that I hope helps. Um, I believe that distancing yourself physically as much as possible is still a wise choice. You might be related to them, but when you are continually being abused verbally and emotionally, and it is nonstop or even physically. Well, obviously, if it's physically and um, sexually, you have to remove yourself, whether you're related or not. But um, I have dealt with certain uh, relatives where I have had to learn to distance myself because the verbal... Abuse. I was done, and there's nothing wrong with that. I decided, you know what? I I have God inside of me, and this temple doesn't want to be abused. I'm tired of being abused. Second thing I jotted down was distance yourself from even phone calls and a lot of texting, because sometimes they just love to just. I don't know if you've ever had this in your life. I have where they just want to blow up your phone, and it's not fun, and there's a time when you just need to set the phone down and go, I'm not answering that. I don't have to deal with abuse, whether it's texting or calling. You know, the, the person who just habitually calls and wants to yell at you, you are a child of the royal kingdom of God. You don't have to continue to sit under
0: abuse. You know, and sometimes you know people's schedules, if you will, and it's like, okay, it's about one thirty in the morning now, expecting a phone call, you know. You know, the devil wants, and you know they don't want to change. If they want to change, that's a different story, but when they're not wanting to change, the yes. devil will Thank send you, you, you messengers. Thank you for clarifying that. The devil will send you messengers to just harass you, rob you of your sleep, rob you of your mental capacity, and just put weight on you that you don't aren't deserve you're not supposed to carry their trash they're they're high they're they're drunk They're whatever and they just want to harass you we have technology today where you don't have to even know your phone is receiving a phone call so block that learn learn about
1: that stuff there are certain individuals that i have blocked from my phone get to know how to block people from your phone you don't have to be at everyone's beck and call if they decide you're their person when they're drunk. You don't have to be that. You can... There's, there's, that's the wonderful thing about the time we live in.
0: <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's, it is interesting that um, the people in your life that are abuser or abusing themselves, they know you're a godly person, go to church and love the Lord. And so in their moment of mental imbalance... They will choose to contact you, but they don't want to change. Yeah. They want sympathy and whatever. So take that for whatever it is. Let's talk but. about
1: social media for a minute because um, there can be a lot of abuse even on social media. And I've I've seen it a lot since 2020. Woo-wee. That was craziness. And, you know, I I was just talking to someone the other day that they still haven't gotten back on social media because – they couldn't handle the abuse that was going on. And I said to them, well, here's the deal. You need to learn that you can unfriend people or you can unfollow people or you can block people. And you need to understand that there's nothing wrong with doing that. That is your prerogative. So you can literally have a, a social media that you enjoy. Are you following me? Yeah. If, if there are certain individuals that you're like, I can't handle you anymore then unfollow them. Why are you following them? Unfollow them so you don't have to listen to it. If it's bothering you, just, it's just a click of a switch.
0: Find the people you enjoy following, make you happy, you enjoy their life. Follow those people, and everybody else gets blocked. That simple. <laughs> it's that simple. You'll have a happier life.
1: Happier life.
0: <coughs> the other thing, last thing before we move on to our next topic is never be alone with them. Never be alone with them. Sometimes you need the comfort and companionship of somebody else, but you may also need them as a witness of things that go down or said or whatever. So, never be alone. Be protect yourself, and sometimes that is. And, a and very I'm just going
1: to say this because I I know somebody's dealt with this. You think, oh, they're so much better now. And you allow yourself to be alone with them, and just about the time you think they 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 they've got their ish together, and they got you alone, and the next thing you know, you are cornered, and it is not lovely. And I'm I'm just saying there are certain individuals that, and I'm not talking about people who have legitimately changed. You know, there is healing and and when somebody is legitimately wanting to do what's right, and they have changed. By all means, restoration is a wonderful thing. I'm talking about when you're still kind of in the back of your mind wondering, like, are they going to go off? Don't be alone. Common sense. This is just common sense, okay? Have somebody else with you so you're not stuck in a situation like there's no escape route.
0: All right. We'll get to all this at the end in our prayer time. Um uh, next topic we want to talk about is purity. Purity. And, uh, what comes to mind when I say the word purity? What does God say about sin?
1: Or what is not pure. Isaiah one, verse eighteen. Come now, let's settle this, says the Lord, though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow, though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. So, you know we we think of a lot of you probably when i when he said, what do you think of some of you probably i'm just curious, how many thought of something white? few of you uh well. God thinks of whiteness, too, and he thinks of cleansing sin through the blood and making something pure again. So purity is not just something, you know, you were born with a sinful nature. We think of a child, honestly, I think of a little baby as, oh, they're so innocent and pure, and yes, in a sense, they are, but we're born with a sinful nature, and by the time they're two, you definitely have realized... They're not so innocent. I mean, has anybody else been around a two-year-old? They're not real innocent. And so you quickly learn that sinful nature is in them, but God wants to constantly restore us to purity and innocence.
0: That is so good. And no matter how much sin we've committed, and sometimes we can be pretty good at stacking up the sin sin sheet, But, you know, here's the thing. When we've sinned, the devil is always right there to condemn us and make us feel so dirty, so unworthy, so everything but pure. Because that's what the devil does. But God says, you can be made clean, whole, and pure again.
1: And free. Everybody say clean. Clean. Everybody say free. Free. Okay, that's where we're headed tonight. We're gonna be clean and we're gonna be free. I want to talk just a little bit about soul ties. anybody ever heard of anybody any talk on soul ties in here? Okay, Um, soul ties is not necessarily the verbiage in the Bible, but there are words that mean soul tie in the Bible. Uh, Unite is in the Bible, and uh, well, let me just let's just go there. So the soul is comprised of your mind, will, and emotions. Okay. That's your soul right here. Your mind, will, and emotions. And a soul tie is when you are binding something or uniting something, you are fastening. Well, that's what it means. Fastening, attaching, or joining together. That is what soul tie means. And a soul tie can be an attachment, um, It normally comes from a sexual relationship, but when we have a sexual relationship with someone, we are getting attached in our mind and in our emotions, and that's the way God has created us because he created sexual relations for marriage, and he wanted them to be what those words said. He wanted them to be joined and united together and attached. He wants all of that in a marriage, but unfortunately, in our society, there's so many sexual relationships going on that there's soul ties everywhere. And there's a lot of that that needs to be broken in the spirit realm.
0: If you can imagine in those unions sexually that an in a, in a invisible umbilical cord is connected to that person. So everybody... The, in a sexual relationship, there's a soul tie connected to that. Yeah. And um, so might be one, might be several. Yeah. But if you can just imagine all those mind, will, emotional connections to those individuals in our past that there's been sexual relationships too, a uh, uniting and adjoining, God wants to deliver us from all those. The
1: tonight. word unite means bring together to form as a whole. Now that sounds like a great marriage, right? to bring as a whole, to join, to adhere to, to be bound together. Genesis 2.24, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into what? One. So that word joined is talking about sexual relations there. And so when we're talking about having all this intimacy if if it's outside of the confines of marriage there's a lot of soul ties and a lot of uniting that needs broken there's a lot of emotional things going on there's a lot of um there's a lot of soul ties
0: and there can be good soul ties and obviously there can be bad soul ties Matthew chapter 19 verse 6 says since they are no longer and it's basically repeating the genesis account here Jesus Since they are no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. So there's a soul tie that God wants to bring into our lives in the form of marriage. But there's some stuff that have been, you know, whether Christian, non-Christian or just carnal nature got the best of us. There's some things that might need to be broken off us tonight and reestablish the purity in our mind, will, and emotions.
1: Let's talk about a biblical example of an ungodly, uh, destructive soul tie. We're going to Genesis chapter 34, verse 1. Now Dinah, the daughter of Leah, whom she had born to Jacob, went out to visit the girls of the land. When Shechem, the son of Hamar the Hivite, prince of the land, saw her, he kidnapped her and lay with her by force. But his soul longed for for and clung to Dinah, daughter of Jacob. Now that, that right there in scripture where it says his soul longed for and clung to Dinah, this is a description of abuse. This is a sexual rape that is going on in the Bible. Yes, the Bible is rated PG, (laughs) 13. (laughs) This is, this is Rape that's going on here and in first Corinthians 6 16 it says and don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute he becomes one body with her for the scriptures say the two are united into one. Did you just did you just sink in what that verse just said you are joined if you if you are with a prostitute you're still joined to them you are one body. With them. That's a soul tie. That's what it's talking about. There's a soul tie there. And it says you are now one with the prostitute. Now, I don't think that's what they really want. But the Bible is saying you have now emotionally and more than just physically been united.
0: And so it's an unhealthy soul tie that it was formed. And so God wants, as we come into Christ and we receive forgiveness from the things they've done or or the things we've done there comes a point where we got to just sever some things that have been attached to us Mm -hmm. and God wants to free us and let us go and thank God for that and the fact is there is a soul tie between us and and every person and and but we are not to despair because God is a God who delivers he frees us from anything that is unholy or wrong or sin sometimes we knew it or sometimes we just fell into it or whatever the case might be but once we know God wants to deliver us God wants to save Let's us.
1: say people just ignore that part of their life, and they never realize, I need freedom from this. Let me just talk about a few things um, that, that usually will creep up in their life if they don't realize they need to get God involved in this. You know, if they just shove it aside and don't get God involved. You will find some of these people get unhealthy dependence on relationships. You will find that they get an extreme need for approval Or recognition in life. These are some of the side effects if people don't get healed from these things. Or decide that they need God involved in that situation. Um, This is happening all over our culture. You're finding people, they just need approval. Approval. Because they're, they're hurting here because they've never asked God to heal or free them from some soul ties. From some things they have done in their life, and so they're looking for for another relationship to help them or recognition or approval, or here's another one, they start to feel the need to control. They want to control other people because they're inside, they're not fixed by God. They have problems in marriage with intimacy and boundaries. If they've never gotten fixed from their previous things that have happened before marriage they've never asked God to, be, to heal them of that, then that is brought into another marriage. And then people are dealing with it, those things in their new marriage. And there's, there's intimacy problems. There's boundaries. There's guilt. There's shame uh, that comes in an overwhelming state sometimes when, they're, when intimacy is involved. And it can come to the place where it's even debilitating, Until you get God involved in your past and have him free you and be able to feel like you are healed, then you just carry this baggage around with you.
0: And why would Satan want all this to come upon people? Have all these ungodly soul ties in our life? Because Satan would like that to destroy people. The Bible says he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And in this case, he wants to steal the intimacy that you would have with a spouse, but he also wants to steal the intimacy and the closeness that you could have with God. He wants you to feel so at shame and guilt ridden that you keep God away from you. And so those soul ties are...
1: Individuals tell us all the time, well, I can't come to church because the walls will fall down. You know what they're really saying? I have so much in here that is hurt, and I have so much gunk in me that I've never, never taken care of that I don't know how I would ever enter into a church where people are what they feel pure, because they see the church as pure, and so, therefore, I can't walk into that. I'm anything but that. I'm walking around with all this guilt and shame and, you know.
0: The reality is the church is a hospital. (laughs) <laughs> where people come that have hurt, right? and they get healed and helped. There's the
1: statistic again, yeah. one in every two people. And, so,
0: And it's not that any of us are perfect, or we've all lived 100% pure lives, or, you know, never done. You know, we're human. We've been born into this thing, and we may have been a perpetrator, but we may have been a victim. Uh, but one way or another, stuff that is not right happens in this life. But if we don't deal with it, it's the devil's playground to keep us, to keep relationships. You know, what happens in these things is you can get into a relationship. I found the person I love. I want to have a long life with this person. But what happens is you end up working so hard to protect that secret, that soul tie. You don't allow them there. In Sterling and I in a relationship like this I might have this little secret and you know I'm yours but there's a part of me I am never going to let you know and that begins to fester and grow and become a cancer in the relationship and that secret if she knew oh she 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 would walk away from me she would you know, it might be the end and I I can't afford to be rejected. And so we put and so then what ends up happening, that thing begins to grow and fester, and said, before I'm ever gonna allow her to reject me, if she found out, I am gonna reject her and push her away. And that is what the devil wants, and that's one of the biggest problems in our society today, is broken homes, broken families, and things that have been worked so hard to keep secret. Oh, it just makes you hate the devil.
1: Well, and it, it brings, I hope that that scripture even comes to light tonight. The devil comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. So, yeah, we're talking about so, a hard subject tonight, finish. but that's what the Bible says the devil does.
0: Instead, <laughs> Let's focus on the devil. Let's finish the rest of the verse. Okay, here we go. No, no, just in John 10, 10 you just, about the devil. He oh, comes to steal, I kill, and destroy. Come. Jesus said, but I have come to give you what? Life, life. and life, life more abundantly. abundantly. So whee! good. 1 Corinthians
1: 6, verse 19. Don't you realize your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? who lives in you and was given to you by God, you do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. So purity is unmixed, unmingled. It's clear. It's undiluted. It's bright. It's transparent. And God is wanting to bring that back to you tonight.
0: You know, which. We would have brought a chalkboard or chalkboard, a whiteboard up here and uh, just scribbled all over it and then be able to just erase all that off and bring that whiteboard back. That is what forgiveness and the blood of Jesus, when we expose this stuff and break these soul ties and things of our past, man, it just brings the cleanness, the purity back that God totally intends for us to walk in and live in. In that freedom. Woo. Okay.
1: Let's talk about three steps to freedom. Number one, recognize it. In other words, examine your relationships that have produced ungodly soul ties through sexual immorality and or abuse. Get honest with yourself. Like, recognize where you need to break some soul ties. Number two.
0: Is repent of it. We got to repent means to turn around and go the other direction. Change our ways. Change our thinking even. 1 Corinthians chapter 6.18 says, Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body.
1: So run as fast as you can away from it. (laughs) Tell God, repent.
0: Tell Him you are sorry for your sin. Repent. And you know, sometimes we just... And all this is really examine our hearts. You know, Lord, examine me. You know, where was I wrong? Where was I wrong in thinking this would fix other areas in my life? Why did I think that society is right in pushing so much sexual perversion at me? Why did I think? Why was I lured into the temptations? And, and our society is pushing perversion at an unprecedented level, and it is it is just crazy what is going on. And you all know what it is and, uh, in our lives. But we're constantly got to be on guard. And we constantly need to come to God and go, God, forgive me. I repent. And I'm going to run from this stuff. And anything that is a trigger or a temptation, I'm getting it out of my life.
1: That's right. So number one was recognize it. Number two was repent. Number three is release it and release it. Uh, Let them go. Let them go from your mind. Let them go from your life. Any ungodly soul tie outside of marriage, and I will preface that, outside of marriage, let it go. You know, we've got... Wow, we are right on time. This is awesome. We're going to spend some time uh, doing some things in prayer and ministry here. Um, But I want you to stand to your feet. The first thing we got to do is forgive ourselves. Now, one thing we didn't talk a lot about but is when we're the one who really did the wrong. We were the abuser. Maybe we were the one verbally abusing somebody. Maybe we were the one emotionally abusing someone. Maybe we were the one who sexually abused someone. I mean, you need to forgive yourself. So we're going to start there. So I want you to close your eyes. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence in this room. I want you to begin to ask God to forgive you. Did you lash out in anger? Did you get out of control? Were you overly critical? Did you use words that should never have been spoken? Did you not keep your promise? Did you enter into sexual relations outside of your marriage? Did you take advantage of somebody else? Were you the one showing disrespect? The list goes on. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being in this place. Come on, talk to Jesus right now. Take care of it. Jesus, we repent where we have fallen short of your best. We repent right now. We want to get it right so that we can, in turn, once you forgive us, we repent. And Father, we say we're sorry. Forgive us where we have fallen short. May we forgive ourselves because you have forgiven us. May your blood right now Cleanses us where we fall short. Forgive us, God. Forgive us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you,
0: Holy Spirit. Just want to add to to what Pastor Sean was just saying, you know, just sometimes we're with the wrong people in the wrong crowd and in the wrong moment forgive us for running in the wrong crowd and being caught up in the pressure to do what they do. Forgive us for joining in, participating, thinking that's funny, making light of someone's innocence being taken from them. Father, forgive us for when we weren't in our right mind either due to substances, alcohol, and we did something because we weren't in our right frame of mind, Lord, forgive us. Forgive us, Lord. We so value the blood of Jesus that washes us, those stains on our soul. We just receive the cleansing blood of Jesus that makes us white as the whitest wool, pure and holy, right, undefiled. Lord, we forgive ourselves because you forgive us. You forgave us even when we were had our worst day. In the midst of our worst sin, you already forgave us. And so today, tonight, we receive forgiveness. We repent. We bring all this under the blood of Jesus so our mind is not cluttered with unholiness, shame, guilt, feeling like we can't get close to God. Oh, Lord, you're doing a work that only you can do in us.
1: I want to speak to the person that you're listening to me right now. You're hearing my voice, and you were the sexual abuser. You don't want to come to church because you are filled with shame, and guilt, I want you to know Jesus loves you, and there is forgiveness available to you. There is freedom available to you. I ask right now in the name of Jesus, Father, that you would touch this individual. I see their face. I see it all. God, you are by your Holy Spirit showing them there is life after this. There is freedom. There is freedom. There is forgiveness. And there is wholeness again. Oh, right now, wash them with your Holy Spirit. Cleanse them, God. Cleanse them, Father. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. We're going to move on to something where we want you to uh, move to the front. We want you to grab a, we have two baskets up here. We'd like you to grab a mirror out of the basket and just find a place right up here in front. We're going to start looking in that mirror. We're going to start declaring some things with God as we look in the mirror, as we look at ourselves.
0: Just come on up. Come on up. Grab a mirror.
1: Grab a mirror. You can kneel, you can stand, you can, you can lay on the floor if you want. This is, we're getting alone with God. But you're going to take this mirror right now and find a spot with you and God. And you're going to look in this mirror. You're going to look at yourself. I know, not all of us like to do this.
0: And know, get it close enough where you can see your eyes. Because oftentimes, your eyes are the window to your soul. and uh, your eyes looking back at you is uh, is a good thing and it can be a very hard thing to do but God wants to say some things to you in this moment while you're looking at yourself in the mirror God wants to tell you a lot in this moment and he wants to bring deliverance and freedom in your life because he loves you so incredibly much.
1: So I want you to say your name and then I want you to say you are forgiven and loved. So Starlene, you are forgiven and loved. Now you're going to keep looking at yourself and you're going to start quoting some verses about yourself that we have compiled together. I'm going to say a phrase, and I want you to look at yourself and say it about yourself. I am God's masterpiece.
0: I am God's masterpiece.
1: I was created anew in Christ Jesus.
0: I was created anew in Christ Jesus.
1: So I can do the good things.
0: So I can do the good things.
1: He planned for me.
0: He planned for me. Long ago. Long ago.
1: Some of you have, not some of you, many of you. And those of you at home, get yourself a mirror. Whoever came to your mind that you need to forgive, I don't want you to necessarily say their name out loud in this place, cause, but you can say it in your mind, and then you're going to repeat after me. So right and it, now, And
0: it could be several names.
1: Yeah, name. you might have several. So for a few minutes, think of the names that you're going to begin to forgive. I've got them in mind. Here we go. I forgive you.
0: I forgive you.
1: And release you.
0: And release you.
1: I break the unhealthy soul tie.
0: I break the unhealthy soul tie. Of being joined to you. Of being joined to you.
1: Jesus is cleansing my heart.
0: Jesus is cleansing my heart and my mind. And my mind right now. Right now
1: of the hurtful things. Of the hurtful things you have said. You have said and done to and me. And done to me. Broken places.
0: Broken places
1: are beginning. Are beginning the restoration process. The
0: restoration process.
1: What the devil meant for evil.
0: What the devil meant for evil.
1: God is turning it for
0: good. God is turning it for good.
1: Christ has redeemed me.
0: Christ has redeemed me. From the curse of abuse. From the curse of abuse.
1: Okay, his name is there again. You've forgiven him. Now I want you to say to yourself, Starlene, I am becoming new.
0: I am. And becoming. New. I am loved. I am loved. Forgiven. I am forgiven. And Jesus values me. And Jesus values me. God has
1: plans.
0: God has plans to bless me. To bless me and
1: increase me.
0: And increase me. Let
1: my words and actions Let my
0: words and actions reach out. Reach out to bless others. To bless others with encouragement. With encouragement. Let
1: my eyes Let my eyes look at your eyes right now. Let my eyes show.
0: Let my eyes show. Love. Love.
1: Kindness, kindness, and tenderness,
0: and tenderness. God, God, you have a
1: plan for me.
0: You have a plan for me.
1: A hope for me.
0: A hope for me. A future for me. A future for to me. To
1: prosper,
0: to prosper, and to bless me, and to bless me.
1: You will restore to me.
0: You will restore to me
1: all the years, all
0: the years that
1: the devil has stolen.
0: That the devil has stolen.
1: The old is gone.
0: The old is gone. New, new has come. Has come.
1: I am healed. I am healed. And set free. And set free. In Jesus' name.
0: In Jesus' name.
1: Amen. 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 I've asked um, Joe. He has put together some songs about the healing process. And I want you to just come back up to the front. And I want you to worship. As a free person, as a forgiven person, as a new person, the old has begun. Remember, we told you there's a process. Some of you, you're in the thick of it still. But when you're in the thick of it still, and you might still be raw, I want you to know that when you worship God and you get in his presence, it is the process of healing. God begins to go, okay, a little more ointment, a little more ointment. Let me pour a little more salve in that hurt, a little more. I'll, I'll heal that a little more. Let God begin to heal you in his presence in this place.
0: You know, this is uh, some of you got healed tonight. I just know it with all my heart. Some of you, it's just, it's a process. And these mirrors, you got a mirror at home no doubt. And, you know, in my journey it was tough to just look myself in the eyes and tell myself that I'm loved and I'm forgiven. And I was made whole through Christ. For me to look myself in the eye and say that took me some courage believe it or not. That's different than making your hair getting your hair right in the morning. That's telling yourself the truth that you're loved, you're forgiven, and Christ has made you whole. It's not for me. It wasn't a one-time deal. I had to and I still do, believe it or not. Sometimes I man, when I'm feeling fear, I'll just look at my, Greg Martin. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but power, <laughs> love, and a sound mind. You know, I'll do that cuz I'm just quoting the Word of God that is in me to get it out of me, and it just changes me. I mean, this isn't a gimmick. God wants to heal us everywhere we hurt. And God wants to take your mess and make it your message, because there's a lot of people that are messed up. And when God does something, it just, it's good. And it just takes the wind out of the enemy's sails because what God has done for you and for me, he can do for anybody. And God's in the business of making right things that were done wrong.